The Miami Voice is not a ministry of Calvary Chapel, North Miami, and the views from guests on the show may not necessarily align with my personal views or the biblical lifestyle views of Calvary Chapel, North Miami and Calvary Chapel, Fort Lauderdale. What's going on, family? Pastor Darren here. I'm so glad you're joining us with the Miami Voice. The Miami Voice seeks to raise the volume of unfiltered truth regarding our community for the sake of greater unity. We aim to remove and eradicate the hype and often sensationalized media stories to capture real, raw content from real people that reside in our community of Miami Gardens. We'll discuss pressing issues such as racism, black-on-black crime, gun violence, what can the church do, what has the church already done, and possibly has the church failed? And so join us as we engage the community. Just a simple local pastor reaching from the church into the heart of the streets to hear real and raw content. We believe we can be the change we want to see, but it starts with the real truth. Hope you enjoy. I love you. Jesus loves you so much more. Hey fam, this is Darren here as we bring the Miami Voice Season 1 podcast to a close. Just wanted to take a few moments, maybe a moment or two or three, um, and kind of recap the the season, man. I'm excited that we have concluded. We've had an amazing time over the last three months interviewing exceptional voices who have brought amazing insights, quality thoughts, thought leaders, uh, influencers uh, have come to the table and have shared uh, just their heart uh, behind what is taking place right here in the Miami Gardens, Opelika, unincorporated Miami Gardens area. Uh, and so I think we have successfully accomplished the mission. Uh, just to recap, uh, what is the why behind Miami Voice? If I can just simplify it in one sentence. I know I shared a podcast on the onset. Uh, it was about a 13-minute piece on the why. You can go back and, and hear that. Uh, but the, 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 the aim ultimately was on the on the heels of the civil unrest that had been taking place over so many years, but but more or less in this cultural moment where I think God providentially has slowed all of us down uh, and has really shined the light, the laser sharp light on how bad uh, racism really is and has continued to exist in this country um, with a few different narratives that have come to surface over the last several months in this pandemic. Uh, nonetheless, I felt that I was uh, given a a mandate by God to help the church, not just my particular church, but the capital C church, uh, learn what it looks like to just simply listen. That That is, I think, what we've accomplished in this season of Miami Voice. How can the church simply listen to the heart, the angst, um, the hangups of the individuals that live right here in this community uh, that God has given me an opportunity to shepherd. I live in unincorporated Miami Gardens, uh, but not only that, I shepherd here. Uh, and so what would it look like to just sit down with people that are not necessarily Christian per se or that are not in the church, quote unquote, I'm doing air quotations. You guys can't see me, but that's what I'm doing um, and may not have the same views as me uh, biblically, doctrinally, uh, philosophically. Um, but yet, how can we sit down and have a charitable, grace filled conversation without me 
per se, correcting their thoughts or or bringing a sense of rebuttal to their thoughts, but just leaning in uh, and leveraging the opportunity to listen. Um, But then beyond that, after we've listened, now here's what the church has. We've garnered 10 different voices or nine different voices with different perspectives from the community uh, with which we can now take those insights, that intel, that information uh, and use that to create programs, partnerships uh, that would benefit the community. Uh, so I've always said this in the, you know, a couple of the last episodes we, we've had, uh, you know, shame on the church. And I say this lovingly, but shame on the church that parachutes into a community uh, with no insights into the community. They've not really done the research about the community, but they've created a program for the community and they're hoping that the community would assimilate to that program uh, as opposed to the church that is indigenous, that is a part of the community, ingrained into the community, loves the community, has equity in the community, um, knows the community, and therefore they're able to create programs that are relevant to what is needed in the community. Uh, and that is the hope, that has been the hope for season one of Miami Voice as pastors and, and leaders listen to this podcast and they listen to the heart of the community as we have raised the volume, the unfiltered volume of the voices in this community. Now we can indeed go back to the drawing board and begin to create systems, programs, processes, partnerships with different agencies, organizations that are indeed not Christian, but yet we can point some of these individuals that are part of our churches that are coming through the doors, hurting um, and need help. We can point them to the OIC. Uh, We can point them to uh, the affordable housing program. We can point them in different areas. We can help them to see what it looks like to vote and why they're vote matters and who they're voting for and how to have an informed decision. Uh, Janae Tate helped us uh, with that. And just the the obstacles uh, that, you know, growing up as a, as a, a young black male in the urban context in, in a particularly a fatherless home could create yet through those obstacles, there was perseverance and, and there was uh, persistence and resilience uh, by the Reginald Andres of the world that turned those obstacles not into uh, an excuse to say that he's been oppressed, but opportunities. Obstacles were turned into opportunities. And that's not to deflect on the fact that there is oppression. Uh, We've seen history and historical narratives showed us that there's systemic oppression uh, that we've suffered uh, as people of color of melanin pigment. But Overall, just thinking through everything that we have been able to see or, or at least hear um, throughout the duration of the season, I think has been highly uh, thought provocative, educational. I want to be clear, uh, as has the disclaimer say, or as the disclaimer says, rather, uh, on the opening or onset of each podcast, um, I don't necessarily agree with all the views uh, of every guest on this podcast. Um, but again, my hope is to to listen uh, and to leverage opportunity to show the church what it means to build a bridge into the life of someone who wouldn't normally step foot into the church. Um, and so I enjoyed every, every guest. I enjoyed every conversation. I, I completely feel that, um, me personally, I'm more equipped now as a as a local pastor in, in a community that I love. I'm more equipped uh, to move and shake and at least 
make something happen, move the barometer toward uh, true change. Um, because again, you know, in this season of civil unrest, in this season um, where we've had to slow down and pay close attention to some of the pain points of the community, I think now uh, we are more equipped. I think now we've given a voice uh, to some of those individuals that are influencers um, to share their thoughts uh, that would be indeed and emphatically helpful to the church. Um, I, if I could throw some scripture on it, I would say this. Jeremiah 29 verses 3 or 4 through 7 says, and I'll just paraphrase it, go and pray for the city, pray for the peace, the shalom of the city. Uh, but not only, not, not only that, Christ tells the Israelites who were sent into exile, uh, that's a missiological statement when any anytime God sends you anywhere, uh, that means he has a purpose and a, and a point in doing so. Uh, so he, he, sends the Israelites on mission to go and thrive in the city. He says, marry in the city, um, you know, have kids in the city, uh, lay down roots in the city uh, and pray for the prosperity and peace of the city because if the city wins, that we all win. And that's the hope. Um, the church at minimum, at minimum, after having listened to the Miami Voice podcast this season, at minimum, we can pray and we know toward what end to be praying. In other words, if you listen to this podcast, all 10 episodes, you have an informed ear as to now how the church can be praying for the city. You understand what is happening in the city. You know exactly what type of prayers to pray for the city. And so we can actually demonstrate Jeremiah 29, 3 through 7 um, by way of what was divulged on this podcast because now we've sat and we've listened and now we can have a solemn assembly uh, each year and really pray for some of the brokenness um, in the city that it might be revived. This is an amazing city. Let me let me be clear. Um, we love Miami Gardens. We love Opelika. We know that God's hand is on it. We know that it has come a long way. It is flourishing, um, but we also know and we've not punted on the fact that there are some broken pieces as is with every city. Um, there is still black on black crime uh, that is taking place in the city. There's still an influx of gun violence. And we talked to um, Star X Smith about that, the angst that he has in his heart and some of the things and solutions that he has in place uh, to help mitigate uh, the black on black crime taking place with our youth and our teens. And just looking at the broken family structures and the broken family systems um, which is why, and that kind of gives me a perfect segue into uh, the other thought process, which I want to make sure I'm clear uh, because I believe it's come up a few times in the podcast. Uh, as the church, as the church, ideologically and theologically, we do believe in the Imago Dei, which behind that and the underpinnings of that would emphatically say that black lives do matter. Black lives do matter theologically, ideologically, the undergirding of that, the 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 person that suggests that it matters is that Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross uh, grounds us and roots us in that ideology. Uh, but organizationally, the Black Lives Matter organization, um, we just do not align uh, with the, the doctrines uh, that they espouse. Uh, if you look on their website, uh, they they look to to break down the Western uh, family structure. Um, they, they, they want to elevate certain things that the church just doesn't doctrinally uh, stand with. Uh, and so that is why we cannot support um, the, the different 
avenues with which the Black Lives Matter organization would want uh, to take us down as a, a community and as a nation. Now, I know there are those that have been on the show uh, that are all about that, uh, and that would be completely behind the Black Lives Matter organization uh, and are supporting uh, the Black Lives Matter organization. Again, as a church, uh, the church I know that I am a part of, we do not uh, support the organization, but we understand the ideological idea that Black Lives do matter. Um, I, I do not uh, support the defunding of the police. We've talked about that, I believe, uh, briefly on this show. Uh, I come from a heritage of law enforcement. Um, I, too, was once in law enforcement. I think that the statement in and of itself, defunding the police, uh, is extremely ambiguous and it needs to be nuanced out uh, before anyone would even ascribe to such a thought. Um, but I do know that the Black Lives Matter organization uh, is radically uh, trying to push the defunding of the police and move toward community policing, which again has not been uh, nuanced. It, it has not been given a concretized uh, plan uh, as to what community policing even looks like. Uh, in my mind, it sounds extremely and immensely dangerous. Dangerous, um, but that is just my humble, fallible opinion, uh, which is why I just cannot get behind the defunding of the police. It's not nuanced enough. Uh, that language is ambiguous. Uh, I think there's police reform that needs to happen on the heels of what has been uh, revealed uh, in our nation with the civil unrest. Absolutely. I think that uh, racism is emphatically wrong and it still does exist. Uh, I believe that we are called as a church to respond and to be advocates for the oppressed, uh, those that are uh, being um, literally pursued in some ways uh, with with this oppressive nature. There's such hate uh, that still rests in the hearts of man. Uh, but I believe that that hate first and foremost starts with uh, the regeneration. Uh, we talk about us being reconciled um, and that is seen in 2 Corinthians 5, 18. But we often forget that in 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says that he was in Christ as a new creation. All the old things have passed away. In other words, we are now made new and it's in the newness uh, that Christ accomplishes what he does on the cross that that gives us this opportunity to become new uh, that we now view our brothers and sisters differently by which we can now reconcile uh, so it starts in the heart it's these twin towers I talk about all the time the, the pillars of righteousness and justice you cannot do justice without the moral compass of righteousness. You cannot gauge what is good and just without having righteousness. And so, again, from a balanced perspective, um, while I am all about getting into the streets and becoming active, because I believe that the Bible calls us to action when it comes to these issues of civil unrest and doing justice, um, I believe as well, we have to, as a people, take personal responsibility and personal responsibility speaks to righteousness. We can't just cry out for justice, 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 but not take responsibility for our own hearts. You can, If you don't change your heart, you will not be able to see true justice take place in the land. It does not happen and it won't happen. Uh, and so while we are sadly, as a community looking toward the government uh, for the answers. And the government is, I think, throwing out a lot of uh, virtue signals uh, to try to show that they're behind a movement, so to speak, such as the Black Lives Matter organization. Um, 
Are they truly willing to do what it takes to bring about sustainable uh, and viable change? Um, or are we leaning more toward cultural Marxism and the things that I believe are not biblical? Uh, that is my fear when we start to look toward the government uh, and not look to Christ. I believe it is our responsibility and our right to look to Jesus first. I preached a sermon about uh, this. You can go back to the uh, Calvary Chapel North Miami YouTube page uh, and listen for it. Um, but and maybe I'll put it into details um, at the end of this podcast here. But we have to look to Jesus. Um, Jesus rolls out for us in Luke, the fourth chapter, the seventeenth verses. He talks about what what the scope of the gospel entails. In other words. He knows that the gospel changes the heart. The content of the gospel is what changes the heart. The scope of the gospel is what changes the community. Let me say that again. The content of the gospel changes the heart. The fact that Christ lived a perfect life, died the death that we deserved. He became the substitutionary atoning sacrifice for us on the cross. He raised himself out of the grave. He ascends back to the right hand of the Father and promises to return, rule, and reign with us. That content ultimately changes the heart. But the implications of that content, the scope of that, will change the community because as your heart changes, it then compels you to see people differently. It compels you to respect the Imago Dei and understand the fact that all people were created in the image of God. And the crescendo of the content of the gospel is that Revelation 7 tells us that people from every ethnicity, every tongue, tribe, and nation will worship God, will lift up Jesus Christ, will worship under the bloodstained banner of Christ, every nation. And so that is the crescendo of this content. But again, the scope changes the community and the scope tells us to go out and do justice the bible is replete with scripture that speak to points us to these twin towers these pillars uh, of god's heart for his people and the community righteousness and justice it's seen in isaiah 117 righteousness and justice is seen in psalm 89 14 righteousness and justice we see it again in psalm 33 5 righteousness and justice is seen in Amos 5.24, I believe. Righteousness and justice. I believe it's in 1 Kings 10.9. We see it. Uh, it's all over scripture. We see this theme of righteousness and justice. And that is the balance. It is a both and. We, we know that our hearts are changed, which brings us into a place of righteousness. And righteousness compels us to do justice, to take action. And again, Luke 4.17 Jesus rolls out this social service plan, so to speak. He says, I'm going to I'm going to preach the gospel, which is going to give freedom to the captives. And so he deals graciously um, with the political issues uh, of people that are captive. He says, I'm going to uh, free the oppressed, uh, which deals with the social issues of that time period. He says, I'm going to give sight to the blind. I am going to uh, help and give aid to the poor, which deals with the economic issues. And so this is the scope of the gospel. We know the content changes the heart, but the scope of it calls us to do what Jesus said the scope of the gospel would do in Luke 4, 17. And so um, that is that is my heart. And I hope that, again, uh, this opportunity to just sit down and listen and learn from thought leaders and influencers in the community uh, has provided us a framework with which now we can carry out the scope of the gospel. We know the content of the gospel. The church should emphatically understand the content. And we are we are pursuing that toward the end of Jesus Christ's 
when Jesus Christ comes, as a matter of fact, uh, let me say it this way. Uh, we will continue to preach the gospel, the content of the gospel, to see the hearts change until the end when Christ does come uh, and rule and reign. But we don't have an over-realized eschatology either. What does that mean, an over-realized eschatology? Well, eschatology means, essentially, it speaks to uh, the end of things when, when, when it's all said and done. You know, when we, when we close the book, what, what is... What is it going to look like? And and we know that Christ will make right everything that has been wrong on this earth. Uh, we know that true justice will prevail. We know that Christ will reign. Um, but we still have to keep fighting until that time comes. We cannot think that we're just going to have true justice on earth uh, as it is in heaven um, if we just do this right. No, we have to do this right, keep fighting uh, until Christ returns and makes it all right. Uh, but we will see another hashtag um, before Christ comes back. I'm, I'm pretty sure of that. Uh, we will still see injustices as long as sin resides in the hearts of man. We'll see injustices and we're going to still have to be advocates. The church should be the leading voice. All right. Uh, and again, that is the reason why we want to do this podcast is that we can listen, learn and leverage opportunities to be the leading voice uh, standing in the paint, not pointing people toward government, uh, but perhaps partnering again with governmental agencies to say, hey, they have the funding, uh, they have the resources. If people come through the door and they have their heart changed by Christ, uh, we can then point them to the scope of the gospel and and help them to get resourced uh, so that they can change their entire life. Uh, and so uh, we can help their eternal destination and right where they are even now, we can provide for them resources. And so I hope this makes sense. I probably rambled on longer than what I've wanted to, uh, but I wanted to make sure that I gave a clear and comprehensive um, recap of my thoughts uh, as to the why and what I think we accomplished in this season of the Miami Voice. Uh, And so uh, I'm looking forward to next season. One of the other aspects that I think have risen to the cream of the crop uh, that has come to service throughout the duration of the conversation that I've had, an overarching theme that I think I've seen and what has been revealed by the Spirit of God is the need for mentoring. Uh, And so that to say, next season, I'm going to take the duration of the fall off, but just as soon as we hit the winter, the Miami Voice will be relaunching with season two and will focus on interviews um, that will shine the light on the need for, excuse me, on the need for mentoring and the necessity of mentoring and the impact of mentoring. And so we've got guests lined up already uh, that are doing mentoring really well right in this community and the outskirts of this community, um, the unincorporated areas of this community, the greater areas of this community. Uh, and we're going to have sit downs with them and, and, and talk with them uh, about mentoring, how it has impacted their life. I'm hoping to bring uh, two of my mentors on one man that mentored me uh, in the secular world. He's not so much a church guy. He would say, uh, and yet he mentored me in a way that the church uh, ought to be mentoring our youth. Uh, but also, I'm going to bring my spiritual father on who mentored me in the ways of Christ. He discipled me. So we'll talk about discipleship, uh, mentorship, and the significance um, and, and how it could change uh, the complexion of our community uh, if we get to these young, urban, at-risk youth uh, before they find themselves um, being peddled into uh, gangs and different uh, avenues that would render a not so good outcome. Uh, So that is going to be next season in the winter. Be on the lookout for that. Uh, I had an extraordinarily 
immensely blessed time uh, doing season one. Again, I hope this recap gives you a comprehensive understanding of what we accomplished, why we set out to accomplish these things, uh, and what's next. And so, with all that being said, thank you guys for giving the listening ear. I want to thank all the guests that came on for their Miami voice. Uh, and I want to make sure that you all know that Jesus Christ loves you so much more than I ever could. Or better yet, I love you, but Jesus Christ loves you so much more. God bless.